Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. A reminder, if you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it using your favorite podcast software, including Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Overcast, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. As you are making your travel plans for 2023, remember johnnydollarair.com. johnnydollarair.com is our Priceline affiliate link. When you shop there, part of the purchase price goes to support the great detectives of old-time radio at no additional cost to you. So remember, when making your travel plans, check johnnydollarair.com first. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. The original air date, June the 29th, 1954, and the title is The Woodward Manila Matter. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. The refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment presents for your listening enjoyment, John Lund as... Johnny Dollar. Ralph Wheaton again, Johnny. I'm glad I caught you before you left. Oh, there's almost two hours before my plane leaves. What's on your mind? Another cable came in from Manila just now. The amount taken in the burglary is roughly $75,000. That's dollars and not pesos? Dollars. And they mentioned that a clerk has dropped out of sight. Oh, a native? An American. Name is Blake, Daniel Blake. Blake. All right. That's all so far. What's your hotel in Manila? Do you know yet? Yeah, the Hotel Tondo. Tondo. Good. I'll get word to you there if I learn anything you can use. Good luck on the trip. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you John Lund in a transcribed adventure of a man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum present these weekly adventures of Johnny Dollar because they know that millions of you enjoy Johnny Dollar. That's true of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, too. It's enjoyed by millions, day in and day out. People find that chewing on a smooth, delicious piece of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum somehow makes time pass more pleasantly. Whether you're working, driving, shopping, or just taking things easy, that good, tasty chewing gives you enjoyment and satisfaction. So always keep a package of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. And whenever you want a refreshing, delicious treat, chew a stick. You'll like it. You really will. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office, Columbia All Risk Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Woodward Manila matter. Expense account item one, $1,188.75. Airfare and incidentals between Hartford and Manila. Passenger dollar from the incoming Pan American flight number 103. Will you go to the ticket office, please? 
Passenger Dollar from incoming Pan American flight number 103P. Will you go to the ticket office? Yes, sir. Now, my name is Dollar. I was being paged. Oh, yes, yes. These gentlemen are waiting for you. Uh, this is Mr. Dollar, sir. Oh, oh yes. Uh, I'm Floyd McDonald, Mr. Dollar, local manager for the Woodward Company. Oh, how are you? And this is uh, Mr. Irving Morgan, my assistant. Mr. Morgan, glad to meet you. Uh, I've made arrangements to have your luggage sent on to your hotel, if you'd like to do it that way. And uh, Irving and I can drive you right in. Oh, fine. This is very nice of you. Uh, well, I know how it is. At least I don't want to bother with the details after a long flight like that. If you will give me your luggage check, sir. Hmm? Oh, oh, yeah. I have them right here. Thank you. Well, that's all, I think. The car's right outside. We can give you the details of the burglary on the way in. McDonald told me very little that I didn't already know. The store he managed, one of Manila's largest hardware stores, was part of the American-owned Woodward chain. He'd discovered the loss of the $75,000 himself on Monday morning when he'd entered his office and found the safe open. Naturally, I feel very badly about it, but everything that can be done is being done. Well, I don't know who the main office is blaming it on, but I, I think you'll find that Floyd and I were anything but careless. Well, we've got five years without a loss behind us to prove that. Were you in the habit of keeping that much money in your office safe? Well, it wasn't my idea, nor to my liking. It was because of a company rule. They were worried about conditions on this side of the Pacific and ordered us to stop banking our cash here. Instead of the usual yearly transfer, our money has been going to the States once a month. Oh. I didn't save much this time. No. Now, what about this clerk, Dan Blake? Oh, don't get me started on him. Now, now, there's nothing proved yet, Irving. Now, what's it going to take to open your eyes, Floyd? We don't agree on just what to think about Dan, Mr. Dollar. In spite of the circumstances, I find it almost impossible to believe that Dan would do this to me. Or could he have done it? Of course he could. He had access to the office. Yes, that's true. But I can't forget that he was a very good friend of mine. He was like a son to me. Was he in any trouble that you know of? Owe any money? I hadn't heard of anything. Well, he's been out of sight four days now. What kind of a search has been made for him? I understand the police have been working very hard... They classify him as the chief suspect, too. But you got to realize that the Philippines aren't like the States, Dollar. It's not hard to drop out of sight here. It's a big world. Yeah, I know. I just watched a lot of it pass by. Well, as soon as my luggage arrives and I can get into a fresh suit, I'll contact the police and see what they've got. Expense account item two, three fifty, including tip. A picture of gimlets delivered to my room. While I waited for my baggage to arrive, I relaxed in front of a window. My hotel was two blocks back from Manila's Great Bay, in a section called El Puerto. And from my room, I could see enough of the Orient and the native craft working the harbor to give even a hardware store burglary an atmosphere of intrigue. Expense account item three eighty cents cab fare to police headquarters where I was shunted into a side office to wait for the sergeant in charge of the Woodward case. He finally showed up. Sergeant Malvar, you wait for me? Yes, uh, my name is Dollar. I know, you come to talk of my burglary. You're a policeman? No, not quite. I've been hired by an insurance company to learn what I can about it. Have you gotten any place with the search for Dan Blake? Dan Blake? No, I don't look for him now. You don't? No. 
I have captured the thief. Oh? Well, who is it? Miguel Nosaleda. You've recovered the money? He will not say where it is yet, but he will say tomorrow, maybe. Well, what evidence do you have, Sergeant? He cannot say where he was that the night of the burglary. Is that all? He is by profession a thief. He was arrested while he was robbing another store last night. Uh-huh. Uh, does he speak English? Oh, yes. I wonder if I could see him. Maybe I could get him to talk. All right. You come with me. You don't stay long. Only five minutes. That's good enough. Miguel? Who are you? Why you come here? How old are you, Miguel? Fifty. Where do you work? No work. I get hurt in the bombing. No work. You have any children? See, si. Two daughters. Where do they work? Does either one work at the Woodward Hardware Store? Work in prison. Both work in prison. Sergeant Malvar says that you stole some money from the Woodward store. No. You make it easier for yourself if you tell the truth and give up the money. I don't got money. If I got money, then why I steal five pesos from all the place? Why? You tell police why. If I got lots of money, why I steal a little more? Why? Because I don't got lots of money. Hmm. Well, that's good enough for me, Miguel. Sorry I took up your time. You don't stay long. I think he wants to sleep. Um, what would he say to you? That he didn't do it. Ah. And that if he had, you wouldn't have caught him stealing five pesos because he wouldn't have needed it. He needed a kick in the head for his lies. You have any connection between him and the Woodward place? He told you he got two daughters in prison? Yeah, he did. He lies. They come out, but they don't go back to him because he steals their money. Oh, the daughters have connection with Woodward's? Connection? If we need connection, we find one, all right. Tomorrow, maybe. I had an idea Sergeant Malvar's philosophy reasoned that it was a lot easier to grill the prisoner than it would be to continue the search for Blake. But I left him to his own devices and cabbed to the Woodward store. I was told that neither Floyd McDonald nor Morgan were in, but that a secretary would help me. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Dollar? I knew that you were coming out. My name is Charlotte Page. Floyd McDonald is my uncle. He had to go out to Ermita, but can I help you? Well, I want to look at the office, uh, find out where the safe was. Oh, I can show you. Mr. Dollar, I know you've been here only a little while, but have you learned anything? Well, not much, but all of it looks bad for Dan Blake. Oh, I can't believe it. I just can't believe that Dan would do a thing like this. How well did you know him? Evidently not well at all if he stole the money. We're the same age. We found something in common working here together. I've had dinner with him occasionally and gone to the beach. you know if he was in any kind of trouble? Debts or anything? Well, no. I thought he was very happy and comfortable here. He seemed to be. Hmm. Where is this safe now? Oh, it's under the rug near the desk. You have to lift the corner of the rug. Hmm. He knew where it was? Oh, yes. Everybody trusted him. He'd been here for years. Did he know the combination? I don't think so. Uncle Floyd handled the cash. Or could he have memorized it? I don't know that either. I hadn't given it a thought. 
Well, I guess we can put the rug back. I forgot to get his address from the police. Do you happen to know what it is? Well, I've forgotten. It's on, um, San Pollock. Well, I can find it on the payroll. Should be right here. Be too easy to find him there, wouldn't it, Mr. Dollar? Yeah, much too easy. But I might pick up a crumb or two. See. Oh, here it is. 307 Sam Pollock Street. 307. Thanks. Tell Mr. McDonald I was here, would you please, and that I'll be in touch tomorrow? There was a fair biography of Dan Blake in his rooms. I learned that he was born in Duluth, Minnesota, 26 years ago, that his father wrote him occasionally, that he'd sailed with the Merchant Marine during the war and had made a few inter-island trips after that. I made a list of the places he'd visited, but that was all I could do for that day. It wasn't until the next morning that I went to police headquarters and waited again for Sergeant Malvar. Oh, you come back again. <laughs> we do very good without your help. Well, pardon me, I don't want to butt in. I just wondered if you knew that Dan Blake spent a lot of time learning these islands. Oh? Did you know that he spent some time in San Jose, on Mindoro, and on Marinduque, and in Palo, on Leyte? I did not know. Well, I might pay you to check those places. There are more, too. From here, clear down to Mindanao. The search is finished. What do you mean? Dan Blake has been found. There was a drift in a dugout in Tayabash Bay. He was taken aboard the ship, and then he died. What killed him? He was shot many times. Well, what about the money? That's not been found. Not yet. Yeah, sure. But uh, maybe tomorrow. Hmm? Friends, here's a suggestion that'll add to your family's fun when you go on a picnic or family outing. When you're packing that picnic basket, put in some packages of delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. You see, Wrigley's Spearmint's a treat that everyone can enjoy between meals because it won't spoil the appetite. It's refreshing, too. Helps to relieve thirst and keeps the mouth cool and fresh on a hot day. And chewing on a smooth, good piece of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum seems to make whatever you're doing more enjoyable. It's right in step with picnic activities. So when you're doing your picnic shopping, be sure to include some Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. It'll add to the fun, and remember, it's healthful, refreshing, delicious. <laughs> And now, with our star, John Lund, we bring you the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Sergeant Malvar, Manila Police, was again taking his inimitable approach to a subject, believing what he wanted to believe. When I asked him how he knew the body was that of Dan Blake, he told me the ship captain who had picked him up said so. And how did he know? Well, the man had mentioned the name before he died. That was all. And it wasn't enough for me. I put in a call for Floyd McDonald, the Woodward Company manager, and asked him to meet me at police headquarters for identification. Well, 
When did this develop, Dollar? And why wasn't I notified? Nobody was notified, Mr. McDonald. Sergeant Malvar was playing it close to his chest. Where is this Sergeant Malvar? He didn't tell me where he was going. He left word that we could look at the body and then left. My name is Dollar, Corporal. See, si, you go in. Thanks. I know this is unpleasant, but we have to find out. Good Lord. Is this Dan Blake? Yes. Yes, it's Dan. Cover him up, please. Where did they find him? In a dugout canoe. Someplace called Tayabas Bay, I think. Yes, Tayabas Bay, southwest of here. Who found him? A man by the name of Kovar. He's the captain of an inter-island schooner. Uh, could we leave here? Sure. Uh, what happened, do you know? Well, not firsthand. He'd been shot in the back four times. He was alive for a short time after Captain Kovar picked him up. And the money hasn't been found. I see. Then there's no explanation yet. Well, not that I know of. The schooner is anchored offshore just south of the Pasig River. You know where that is? Yes, sir. You're going out to the ship? Yeah, I'd like to talk to this Kova. I guess I can hire a boat to take me out there. Well, I'll drive you down to the docks. As a matter of fact, I'd like to go with you. Well, it's a good idea if you have the time. I'll take the time. That's my car. There. must be the boat. The Sea Nymph, is that the name? Yeah, that's it. The skipper? Skipper, that's the one there. The Sea Nymph. That's a little precious for a wreck like that, isn't it? Some are even worse. I don't know how they stay afloat. Well, there's somebody on deck. What do you want? Are you Captain Kova? That's right. We want to talk to you about that body you brought in. You the police? No, this man is Mr. McDonald. Dan Blake works for him. Hey, Cobra, get a line on the showboat. Okay, come on aboard. I'll put the ladder over. Watch it. We've got quite a pitch today. Now, my name is Dollar, Captain. I'm working on the burglary for an insurance company. Come on in the cabin. I'd like to learn about that burglary. All that police sergeant will tell me is that I got the money and I better give it to them. That'll take some doing. Now, take the chairs, you two. I'll take the bunk. Now, what about all this? Well, there's a little over $75,000 missing. He didn't have anything when I picked him up. He was in a dugout canoe, huh? That's right. Looked like a Moro craft to me. Oh, I see what you mean. It was empty. I looked it over. How long did he live? Fifteen, twenty minutes, maybe not that long. I don't think taking him aboard did any good, but I didn't know the shape he was in. Did he say anything about the shooting? Nothing I could understand. What did he say? I told you I couldn't understand. Just some noise. Oh, but you were able to understand his name. 
You're beginning to sound like that police sergeant, mister. I don't like that. I thought I was doing right when I brought that boy Now, here. wait a minute, Captain. We should have left him there. Police right now are getting papers to search my ship. Now you start. I'm not making any accusations. You were the last person to see him alive. I'm interested in what he said. He said, Blake, Blake. That's all I could understand. I tell you the truth, I wish I'd left him there. But you know what I think? What? If he went from Manila to someplace on Tayabas Bay where he had his dugout, plenty could happen. That's about 60 miles. There's still a lot of trouble with the Hucks these days. They don't think twice when they get the chance to kill an American. $75,000, so much the better. What do you think, Mr. McDonald? Well, it's certainly a possibility. I didn't bother questioning the crew. I knew that Sergeant Malvar, if he hadn't already, would take care of that when he returned to search the schooner. I spent the rest of the morning and part of the afternoon in routine legwork on the case. And at four o'clock, I got the sergeant's report. He hadn't found the money. However, my legwork had uncovered an interesting point. Floyd McDonald was up to his neck in personal debts. I didn't think it would be wise for me to question Floyd McDonald at that point. So I waited until his assistant, Irving Morgan, had gotten to his home. Good evening, Mr. Morgan. Oh, hello. I've been thinking about you. Come on in. Thanks. Uh, How's it going? Well, it's hard to tell. What I hear, that money's gone for good. Did McDonald tell you that? Yeah, isn't that right? Maybe, but uh, it's occurred to me that these hucks could be pretty handy people to have around. Why don't get you? Well, when a killing outside the city can't be explained any other way, it's marked off to the hucks. You don't think they shot Blake? Well, I'm not as sure of it as everybody else seems to be. Well, just what do you mean, Mr. Dollar? About McDonald's personal life. Why, I see him socially, if that's what you mean. We're good friends. Does he owe you any money? It seems to me that's a very personal question. Well, I have to ask that kind once in a while. I've learned that McDonald owes a lot of money to a lot of people. A thousand here, fifteen hundred there. Loans, gambling debts. He'd be ruined if this became common knowledge, Mr. Dollar. He'd lose his position, everything. How far do you think McDonald would go to save himself? Are you telling me you think Floyd arranged this theft? Well, it's something to think about. And killed Blake? Oh, no, no, he didn't. You're sure? Why, he couldn't have. He's not that kind of man. He's desperate, yes, but he'd never do a thing like that. Would he be at home now? No, I don't think so. It's only only seven. He usually has dinner at the club. What club? The Merchants Club. Oh, Mr. Dollar, don't question him down there. Wait till he gets home. All right. And I can count on you not to tell him I'm waiting for him. You certainly can. I want to stay as far away from this as possible. An hour and a half later, a cab dropped me in front of Floyd McDonald's home. The residence, at least, was a picture of propriety. I followed a sidewalk across a neatly hedged lawn, and halfway to the house, I stopped to watch a man come out the front door. Well, Captain Kova. Who is he? What do you want? What are you doing here? Forget it. No, I can't. What's your part in this? Never mind. Forget you saw me. Come here. Kova! Get off me. Get, get off me. 
Oh, now you. Well, I didn't expect this. You uh, live here? Yes. I came to talk to your uncle. Is he here? No. And Captain Kova was with you? Yes, Captain Kova was with me. You're hurt. What did he do to you? He hit me. Why? Because he's insane. He thought he had to hit me. He wanted the money and I gave it to him. You gave him the money? All of it, every penny of it. I didn't want it anymore. That's not what I mean. You were holding the money for Dan Blake? For us. We were together. Kova learned it from Dan before he died. Yes. Dan kept calling for me when he was dying, and Captain Kova thought he was blackmailing me. He thought I gave him the money to keep him quiet. But I didn't. Dan and I tried to get away from this place. Have a life of our own. We tried. And I don't care what happens to me. Where's the telephone? Through that door, but you don't have to. I'll go to the police by myself. I just wanted to wait until Uncle Floyd got home. I'm not worried about your personal problems, Charlotte. That's not my job. Kova and that $75,000 is all I want. I tried not to waste a minute, but time slipped by. Fifteen minutes on the phone, 25 minutes to get back into Manila. But when Sergeant Malvar finally arrived at the harbor police dock, a boat was ready for us. I come as quick as I can. His ship is not at anchor? I checked it. He moved out about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, we go then. Estamos listos! It's a dark night. What if we don't find him? Well, he don't get out of the bay. Both near Corregidora right now waiting. The girl, she was accomplished? Well, she held the money, so if he was picked up, you couldn't prove possession. She was going to meet him later. The hooks shoot him? That's what Kovac told her. So, but the hooks don't kill them. What's that? The police doctor, he said bullets don't kill Black. Black choked to death. The Kovac killed him to learn secret. I think we can prove that, Sergeant. Can we get any more speed out of this thing? A 20-minute start isn't much when a schooner with auxiliary power is matched against a police boat. With our speed and the beams from four searchlights fanning out around us, we covered every possible course that Kova could have set. It took us less than 30 minutes. Hey, it's back! Yeah, there she is. Now I show this man we have strong. Did you know molasses adelante de él? We fired in front of him. That's slowing him down. He cursed me, that man, when I searched his ship. Now, Sergeant Malvar, he cursed back. Fuego! That fool is he crazy? Maldito say one of our lights. He is crazy, but he don't get away. We're moving right now and go on board. Vamos a bordarlo! He's shouting something. Captain Kava, there is no use to fight. We come aboard. Kava, get that engine started. Get it started. He's going to be stopped, Sergeant. Abran fuego.
Expense account item four, $230. Blanket item covering hotel, transportation, etc. Item five, same as item one. Expense account total, $2,611.80. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Friends, next time you chew a stick of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum, notice how cool and fresh it makes your mouth feel. That's because Wrigley's Spearmint Gum has lots of lively, refreshing, real spearmint flavor in every stick. The minute you sink your teeth in, that cooling flavor begins to freshen your taste and relieve that hot, dry feeling in your throat. It sweetens the breath, too. Millions of people carry Wrigley's Spearmint Gum with them wherever they go for quick, long-lasting refreshment and for real chewing enjoyment. Next time you're at the store, get some Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Enjoy its refreshing flavor and good, pleasant chewing often, every day. Remember, that's Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, stars John Lund in the title role and was written by Gil Dowd with music by Eddie Dunstetter. Featured in tonight's cast were Ed Begley, Lillian Bieff, Jay Novello, Barry Kroger, Joe Kearns, and Don Diamond. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. Makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you enjoyed tonight's story of Johnny Dollar and that you're enjoying delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. This is Charles Lyon inviting you to join us again next week at this same time when from Hollywood, John Lund again transcribes his expense account as yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is the CBS Radio Network. Welcome back. Well, yet another script reuse from the O'Brien era. This story uh, essentially aired November 25th, 1950, and they didn't adjust any of the uh, figures for inflation as far as I can tell. Well, it's definitely got a very a noirish, hard-boiled feel, more so than, I think, the typical Lund episode. Lund does as good a job as he can in trying to make the story his own. Now, one thing to note, uh, the term Hux is used multiple times, and that refers to a tribe that uh, revolted against the government of the Philippines following World War II. So, yeah, they would make very good fall guys for people playing their own nefarious games. Well, listener comments and feedback now, and Thelma writes over on Facebook regarding the Patterson transport matter. I live in the Kansas City area. They did their research. Uh, the Muleback Hotel uh, back then was a very nice hotel, and currently they remodeled it and is part of the Marriott in downtown KC. Also, the police station is on Locust Street, about six blocks away from the hotel. 
Well, thanks so much, Thelma. And I definitely do appreciate when programs do their research. Sometimes you can get away with being less detailed. However, I think there's something to be said for a series where you feel like the events happened in real places. You might not know enough to fact check it, but it certainly seems like uh, they're talking about real places, real locations, and the way things are actually laid out. So that definitely makes a difference. Thanks so much for the comment, Thelma. And now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Maggie, Patreon supporter since January 2018, currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support. And that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to follow it wherever you download your podcast from, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or the Amazon Music Store at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. And if you're enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. Next Tuesday, we'll be bringing you Dr. Tim Detective, and next Friday, we'll be back with another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But join us back here tomorrow for Tales of the Texas Rangers, where... Mr. Dykes, I'm Captain Mavis, Highway Patrol. This is Ranger Pearson. This will just take a minute, Mr. Dykes. Did you get a good look at this fellow who knifed you? No, not much light. First saw him, he was looking under the hood and it happened pretty fast. Well, how about his size? Was he a big man? Not rightly a man at all. Just a kid. Maybe 16 or 17. Hmm. Kid, huh? Can you describe him at all? Well, I, like I said, it was dark. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know him if I saw him. Except he had glasses and they got knocked off. I got him here, Chase. Picked him up on the street. Ordinary steel rim kind. Let's see. Huh. Lens is pretty thick. He must have bad eyes. One lens broken. Yeah. How'd he start the car, Mr. Dykes? You leave the motor running when you got out? Oh, I know better than that, Ranger. I turned it off and took the key. Still in my clothes, I guess. Mm, the kid must have used a coil jumper under the hood to short the ignition wires. Well, that's what we figured, Chase. Well, thanks, Mr. Dykes. We'll get a complete statement later. You better get some rest now. Come on, Levi. Take it easy, Mr. Dykes. Lucky the knife didn't get into his face. Yeah. You said on the phone there's been a string of these car thefts. Yeah. It's the fifth. Five expensive cars stolen in the last six, seven weeks. Always done the same way, but nobody could hurt before this one. Somebody always does sooner or later. You recover any of them? Not one. I got a vague description of one of the thieves a couple of weeks back. Young punk wearing glasses. Might be the same kid. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.